today on The Breakdown. We got a bakery fresh hand for all of y'all out there. This is from just, well, as we're recording this anyway, a few days ago, it's November 2020, and it's the EPT main event. In first place is, yes, that's right, one million smackaroonies. There's only five players left. They've already locked up more than half a million dollars. Well, that's not true at all, of course. (laughs) More than a quarter of a million dollars, which is still pretty darn good. We're going to see a hand. We're going to talk about a hand. We're going to witness a hand where if Nicolas Cage could be a, a, a set of actions... He might be the set of actions. Let me just say that. There are surprising turns, some of them a bit extreme, maybe a few overplayed. That's how Nicolas Cage would do it. And we're going to break it down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Pretty sure if Nicolas Cage could be a set of actions, it would be a punch, uh, a very serious set of OCD-style neuroses, a kick to the face, and then some sort of self-deprecating humor that was actually self-aggrandizing. That would be a Nicolas Cage set of actions. Also with a laugh that is too big, too loud, and overly fake. But when I said set of actions, I meant within a poker Context. So the actions you might take at a poker table. Otherwise, of course, we see Nicolas Cage do many Nicolas Cagey sets of actions all the time. But you know this. You know he owns like a like a five six million dollar dinosaur bone collection, and the guy went broke and had to sell some. He of owned it. five castles too. He had to sell a lot of those. <laughs> what is going on? You know when you get a lot of money, maybe like the late nineties, Nicolas Cage was just raking it in. He thought yeah. it was never going to end. And guess what? It ended. He started to have to make like. Netflix only movies that nobody watched for maybe he was making 500 K per, per movie, but like that's nothing compared to what he was doing in the late nineties. Yeah. You can't buy Michael Jackson's bones and just like leave <laughs> yeah. in your living room for 500 K a, a picture. That's true. Yeah. Um, by the way, I would like to say, I don't know if he ever actually made a Netflix only movie, but he did make some small movies. He made a, he's made a bunch of very small movies. Um, most of which are not good, but he was in a movie called the trust which is not too shabby. And I think it's actually on Netflix. It's with uh, the kid with the huge eyes from uh, Frodo. It's him and Frodo. Uh, what? Oh, Frodo. Yeah. Elijah you know, Wood. Elijah Wood. They're the two stars of it. It's pretty good. It's pretty okay. good. It's, about, it's like a heist movie, and it's pretty darn good. I mean, Nicolas Cage has still got the ability to be in good movies. I mean, he was in uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse as Spider-Man Noir, and it was quite wonderful. Good. And uh, Mandy is a movie recently that he was in, and also uh, Color Out of Space. Those were two well-reviewed movies that are like still B-movie, smaller movies. But I will say this. I saw some of Color Out of Space, and you know, there's no reason to see that movie, if you ask me. Like, it's fine, I guess. And honestly, he's terrible in he's it. He's not making... He's terrible in it. <laughs> he's not going to make face-off movie money ever yeah. again. Well, you see, I don't know if that's true. The, a lot of actors have these big comeback moments, you know? And like, all it takes is one movie. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Matthew McConaughey. Burt Bert Reynolds. I mm. mean, just there's lot, um, Jack Nicholson actually was like a big deal and then not a big deal and then a huge deal again. Like, so was it just like the, the 80s that he wasn't a big deal in? Because he was a big deal in the 70s and he was a big deal in the 90s. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think, I think uh, just before Batman, he had like a few... I think it was a few good men even maybe that did it for him. That like in brought 90, him back. 94? 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know the order of that. I mean, but I know he like completely fell out of favor and then came back super strong. He didn't have a, I mean, he has the most famous line in a few good men, but he's only in it for like 15 minutes. True. But he's considered one of the stars anyway. He was already a big enough star. So I don't, I think he was, I think he was already a star again by the time a few good men came out. So I think I'm wrong about that. I think it was before that. I don't remember the order. Like I said, that was a really long time ago. Yeah. I know he was a nobody, a nothing, a no good varmint. Was Alec Baldwin a big deal before his tiny scene in Glengarry Glen Ross? Was he, was Hunt for Red October already out and stuff like that? Um, I think Alec Baldwin was a some, I don't, I think Red October came second. I think here's the deal with Alec Baldwin. He was actually, oh boy, he was, he played in the, um, stage play Glengarry Glen Ross and he played the, uh, Al Pacino. The Al Pacino role. Thank yeah. you very much. And David Mamet, who wrote the play and then wrote the screenplay as well, felt so bad about them casting Al Pacino in that role and not, not casting Al Baldwin that he wrote that for Alec Baldwin. Mm. So I don't think Alec... I think that's one of the things that maybe helped make Alec Baldwin along the way. That I like, see. It, I believe. Well, that good movie, for him. That movie, of course, one of the greats. Yeah, and that scene, one of the greats. Oh, my God. I mean, who hasn't watched that scene a million times? Right. Even if you haven't seen... That's one of those movies where even if you haven't seen that movie, you've Maybe seen that scene. Even if you haven't seen that scene, you know that scene also. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that for us to say? And people could, you can quote that scene without ever seeing, seeing that scene. And we don't have to describe the scene. You still know and what we're talking about. And we're not going to. Why would we? Yeah. Why would we? We're not, we're Put not here to. that coffee down. Why would you do that? <laughs> I just can't We were help supposed it. to let it go. I can't help we're it. We're supposed it was, to be better than that. It's so good. Also, I mean, it's pretty great. Also, there's the bit when he was on Saturday Night Live. And he did the, the thing in Santa's workshop, which yeah. was not good, actually. No, it was terrible. But there's that one moment when he says, put that hot chocolate down, and there's an elf with a huge <laughs> mug of hot chocolate, yeah. like, you know, bigger than her head, and it's a very funny second. But besides that, it's... It was a, it was a very disappointing skit. It's one of the most phone-in things I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live, yeah. and I've seen a lot of phone-in things. Saturday Night Live kind of blows. Mostly. It's, it's about that hitting that one skit every couple months that's like, yeah, I remember. That's, that's good. Good yeah. job, Saturday Night Live, you yeah. know? Sorry. David S. Pumpkins does exist. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Anyway. Anyway, on to cars. So <laughs> it's it's time. Ferrari versus Lamborghini. The final breakdown. Yeah. So let's talk about the paint. Of the Ferrari the, paint versus the Lamborghini paint. Is, are it, you is it different about, or is it the same? Are you talking about like the custom paint that you can get done if you only go to a Ferrari dealership? Or are you talking about like the stock paint off the line? The stock paint off the line. Oh, well, I mean, what's the difference? Then I they mean, both use the Giovanni Ravenzi's paint from, that's what I was from wondering. Italy, both Ferrari and Lamborghini, which is higher end than like what Ford uses and stuff. But it's, it's still, it's stock paint. If you're talking custom paint, we can get into some detail. I mean, we can talk about the trim <laughs> versus the body paint and how Ravenzi does doesn't even touch it as far as the quality. You know what? I don't even know the names of the Italian craftsmen because Ferrari and Lamborghini refuse to release these names for fear that other companies might, you know, scoop them up or try to, but I believe they're quite loyal. You know, it's so great to do a podcast where you can really talk about something you care about. Yeah. You know, you're just, your, your eyes have just been so alive. I, know, I can't talking. believe how excited I am. <laughs> <laughs> One percent of the audience believed what I was saying. I'm going to go higher. I'll take the over on one percent. There's a bunch of wheels out there who believe the interns are. Real. I mean, if we all think the interns, are, have we told that story on this show? Yeah, I'm sure we have. Well, if he, if, if now I just we all believe the interns are real. I think some part of him still suspects they're real, <laughs> even though he asked us yeah, in front of everyone and everyone laughed at him. I still think he may 
wonder just a little yeah, he's bit. He's got like the little squinty eye look when you talk about yeah. it. Like, are you sure you made that? Are you, are, are you messing with me now or were you messing with me before? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a poker time, poker time stuff we're talking about. Yeah. We assume most of you are watching poker time, but I guess not all of you are. If and you're not, you should. It's our uh, YouTube poker show. It's good. It's our 510 cash game and uh, we put it out every Tuesday and it's free. And it's uh, us breaking down the stuff and making jokes at uh, the player's expense. Why wouldn't you want to watch yeah, that? It sounds great. <laughs> sounds great. Yeah. The one that's uh, going on right now is pretty action-packed. It mm. might be wrapping up right around now, but we got Kevin up in there, if you guys remember Kevin. those who. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's like eight episodes of Fire. It's En Fueg. It's Fueg. It's just Fueg. <laughs> it's not really En Fueg. It's just Fueg. Yeah. Yeah. Do people actually say that, like, something is fire, like, unironically? Like, those those yes. freaking, that taco sauce is fire. Yes. <laughs> and they don't mean, like, it's spicy. They just mean it's... No, no, it's really. Good. There are people who talk like that. Is it just they're a lot younger than me? Is that what it is? I think that's a part of it, but also I don't think you would have said the equivalent at their age. <laughs> but is that a put down on them or on me? I'm pretty sure it's a put... From my perspective, yeah. it's a put down on them because... All of, all of these little stupid pop culture things that come and go, they always feel very stupid. And if you're in it, I guess, at the time, it feels kind of good. I guess, like, there's... Maybe we're victims of that in poker. Like, there was a time maybe in 2013 or so where it was, like, everybody who played poker frequently loved to say ob all the time. You know, <laughs> stuff like really? that. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, maybe. I mean, I remember my, so my generation is the one that came up with the term hot. The greatest generation. So yeah. (laughs) To describe like someone who's attractive. Like we start, we were doing that. No one else. That was, that was like, and then the generation after me started saying, calling people hotties. And at first it sounded really weird, but then I got used to it and then it seemed fine and good and a total normal thing to call someone a hottie. But like that was not something ever done in like when I was in high school. I'm pretty sure hot has out survived hotties though. Like I feel like Maybe some people still say hotties, but hot is definitely still a used colloquialism, whereas yeah. I don't hear hotties very often. Yeah. We built, we built things to last, you know? You know a colloquial term that's lasted super long and I think will last for a lot longer? Cool. What? Yep. I mean, is there a, do you have any examples of any that last longer than cool? Partner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess like... I mean, there's lots of stuff, probably, you know, probably, right? I don't know. Cool, cool, cool's got staying power, man. It does. It does. I don't think fire is going to have staying power. No, fire sucks. Fire, fire just sounds dumb every time I hear it. But I, I will admit, when I first heard hottie, I thought that sounded pretty stupid, too. And then I started saying it, and I quickly got used to it, and then it became very normal. To be fair, fire is not the worst of, of the versions of cool. Like, maybe it was 2010-ish. There was trill. That's pretty trill. <laughs> I'm glad I missed that one. Yeah. It's, Anything it's, else? Not the fat P H A T. Yeah, that was that. Uh, like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, something, something like that. Maybe, maybe mid nineties. I don't know. Like as like as hip hop became a big thing, and like people were trying to uh, jump on that bandwagon a little bit, it got it got ridiculous. I think I think one one that has not the staying power of cool, but that's been around for quite a while is badass. You know, like in different sub subsections of the culture, people use badass to mean good or cool. Yeah, they absolutely. Yeah. Um, I never liked that. That never has worked for me. I got to tell you, badass, it just seems like you're overselling it, man. Calm down. Yeah. Sit down. You're not, you're not a part of it. You don't yeah, belong sh- to a gang. You're not, you're not one of the Crips, all yeah, right? Shut the fuck up, Trevor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't care how good that guacamole is. All right. Like the reverse option by San Diego state was not badass, Trevor, <laughs> right? It's, a, it's not going to beat up someone's grandma and, <laughs> and knife her while she's, you know, sleeping and stuff, which is what a badass. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I never, I always thought like it's fraudulent. It's a fraudulent term. It's used fraudulently. Well, let's see if this hand is badass. Okay. Great. All right. Because, boy, we've talked about everything but. I mean, that's the podcast. If you're not in, you're out. <laughs> nice. That's uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. Pro- project, project One Runway. Wow. Project. <laughs> project One Way. Uh-oh. Jonathan's gone into toddler mode. Everybody get ready <laughs> for a tantrum. <laughs> the rest of the show in toddler mode. Please do not. That would be very upsetting. <laughs> All right. Especially to Kevin. Let's go to the flop. Don't. To Kevin. Who, who suggested it? Yeah, Kevin suggested this hand. He probably doesn't want this hand to be in toddler mode. By the way, this is the second hand that Kevin has suggested over the past two weeks that was, has gotten on the breakdown. They're yep. both from uh, the same events or similar events. They're both from these online EPT events. I always feel strange when someone like Kevin suggests a hand. <laughs> Why? <laughs> not in the ways you're thinking. It's not, not based on religion or anything, Grant. It's based Yeah, on... I was definitely thinking it was based on religion. <laughs> No, it's because his name, his Twitter handle is just Kevin. Yeah. So it's weird to call him Kevin, like on our video, which which I just made, and uh, it's going to be coming out in a few days. By the time people hear this, it'll have been out for a while. Um, he suggested that that hand, and so it's like you know we get we give credit to him, you know. Yeah. It's just, but it just says you know suggested by Kevin, and Kevin could be a lot of people, you know. So I almost put like his Twitter handle. I'm like, well. I mean, I don't know what, maybe he doesn't want his Twitter handle on there. So yeah. it's, it's just a little weird when it's not distinctive, you know, just Kevin, you know, like, I mean, a lot it of people. could be Kevin McAllister as immortalized by Macaulay Culkin in the Home Alones. Uh, the Home Alones. How many of the, were there two? Were there, there only were two? two that had Macaulay Culkin in it? And yeah. then they, you know, it was such a popular thing. They started right. making the shitty straight to DVD ones with other actors. Smart. Rory, yeah. probably Rory Culkin got a little action. I don't know if there was a Culkin involved later. I would hope Rory got a little action. I think that might have caused too much infighting if a Culkin supplanted a Culkin. What if, what if Rory... You can't have two Culkins in one room. Was Rory... Did Rory take over from Macaulay and My Girl too, but he just played a dead body in a coffin the whole time? I mean, that would be a better use of Macaulay's time. He's like, you know, I, I got projects over here, Rory. Why don't you go be the dead body? Poor Rory. I mean, it worked out for Rory eventually, but it really took... Oh, no, actually, it's more Kieran. Kieran, it worked out for yeah. Rory. Rory hasn't done shit. Now, like, Rory was in... Um, was he the kid in Signs? I don't know. He was one of the Culkins. I think it was Rory and neither of the other two. He did that. Abigail Breslin was the other kid, too. That All right. Let's get to the hand. Star-studded. <laughs> star-studded movie. We're going to get to the hand now. Okay. This is the uh, online EPT main event of 2020. It's uh, $1 million for first place, a $5,200 buy-in. The current payout with five remaining is 266000 So pretty damn good return on investment at this point on the 5K buy-in. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good, but, you know, let's win the real money here. Yeah, let's, let's not... I mean, this is it. This is when you when we figure out who's the, uh, who's the David and who's the Goliath, you know? Who's the Jack and who's the Beanstalk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Who's the wolf and who's the house? All that stuff. Sure. All right. So the, the current blinds are 700,000 and 1.4 million. There's a player that goes by What If God... We, all we know about this player is that they are from Sweden, right? We don't really know their name or anything like that. Right. That's Couldn't correct. figure out anything about them. They are the chip leader of the tournament with 111 million, so approaching 100 big blinds. They're in the small blind. It folds around to them. They open to 4.2 million. 
The big blind is the short stack in the tournament, who is David Yan, who has had some live success, along with online success, uh, goes by Miss Oracle on Poker Stars, and is a short stack with 29 million. Calls with Queen 8 of Hearts. The open was with Queen of Clubs, 6 of Spades. So we got Queen 6 off against Queen 8 of Hearts. Should David Yan be shoving sometimes with 20 blinds, or is this hand just, it plays well enough and it's game third disaster zone to shove? He is the clear short stack. The, The next shortest stack has 51 million. Okay, it's definitely not game theory disaster zone, first of all. Uh, like, you can absolutely fold out better hands by shoving. Like, without question, right? Like, yeah. a lot of kings are going to fold. Better queens are going to fold. Maybe some bad aces are going to fold. I expect some bad aces might fold here. Maybe. How, yeah. many, how many blinds does our chip leader have? Uh, almost, it's like 90-ish. Okay. Um, so he can afford to call with ace-4 yeah. if he wants to. So he might call with ace-4. He probably is calling all aces, actually. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's game theory disaster. Uh but I do think, as you alluded to, that this is just way too good in position just to see a flop with. Like, why wouldn't we want to see a flop with a hand this good? Like, this is kind of a great, great calling hand. Because if you have the, the counter argument would be if you have any hand that has any hope of, of having like 40% plus equity against some of the calling range, 4.2 million plus the antis adding to your stack is a huge deal when you have 29 million. Um, that's fair. At the same point, we're David Young. I'm, I would guess we assume we're one of the... I mean, Timothy Adams, I think, is, still, is he still at the table? I, I, know he made, I don't actually know at this it, point. His, okay, you can't see. Um, fair enough. Uh, anyway, he, he was at the final table anyway. I know that. He so, is. He okay. is still at the table. He's got $76 million. So we might assume we're like the second best player. We probably don't... We pro- maybe David thinks he's better than Timothy Adams. But like if I was... you know, I, I wouldn't know that yeah. if I was... I, I would at least be open to the fact that I was not the best player. But I might think I'm, I'm better than a lot of these guys. And I don't want to shove 20 blinds, which is a really workable stack. Even if I call and lose, and I have you know, 17 blinds or 16 blinds or whatever it is. That's also a workable stack. I think, I think we're supposed to play this one as a call mostly here. I'd rather have even... I'd rather just have a slightly better blocker, even like a king rather than a queen. Yeah, something less playable with a better blocker, like king of four off, yeah. maybe. I mean, the, the opposite to that, of course, is with a queen, when, when called, we're dominated less often than if we shove like a, a king, a, a medium king or bad king or yeah. a bad ace, where we're going to get called by hands that are often dominating us. A queen rarely is dominating us. Yeah, but I think the blocker argument is more important yeah, than that. I agree. And if we're going to have some calls at this stack depth, this fits in pretty well because it's both playable and we don't want to get called with it. Correct. Right. And it's, it's legit playable, yeah. too. Yeah, it is. Uh, so we're heading to the flop with Queen of Clubs, Six of Spades for What If God, which is definitely going to make that song be in my head for a long time. And David Yan, who is Miss Oracle. Pot's 9.2 million. The flop is 10 of clubs, 10 of diamonds, four of diamonds. Nothing for anybody. Nobody even has one diamond in their hand. Yeah. I mean, Miss Oracle has backdoor straight draw, but that is not exciting at all. So... What if God is going to take a stab? This feels like an obvious time to take a small stab, right? On a paired board, the super short stack called. They don't have that many hands that connect with the board. Of course, we take a stab with queen six, right? Yeah, and I don't think we need to bet very much at all, right? right. We can bet very small and take it down a lot. And that is what what if God does. Bets 2.8 million. And the hand's not over. Because if it was, we wouldn't be doing a damn breakdown about it, you fools. We should stop. do, we should, you know, just like there was that one episode of uh, Matlock where the guy who was defending actually did it, you know, we should once in a while have a hand where it just like oh, ends right away and nothing interesting happens at all. Because you always know something interesting, really interesting is going to happen in the hand, right? Something surprising. Something... Got to keep them on their toes by doing a yeah. terrible podcast every <laughs> once guy, in a while. It's like, so yeah, he's going to see bet and the big blind will fold and he will take, he will, nice, nice play. 
What do we? How, what do you think about a size? No, nothing we can say about that. Yeah. Let's talk about the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So time to raise. Apparently. Apparently. So yes, call. it is time to raise. It's time to min raise. To you know, it's about two point eight million. It's with some other numbers in there, and a min raise by Miss Oracle to about five point six million with Queen Eight of Hearts. I don't see any combinatorial reason for this. Do you? Not really. I mean, we block Queen Ten and Ten Eight, right? But like, sure. I mean, are the big blo- uh, sorry the big stack raised from the small blind? He can have, he can have all the ten. It has anyway. Queen. He has. They have Queen Six off. Like they could yeah. have anything without question. We yeah. would expect. We would expect that too, right? We, right. Like we think it's possible he's raising a hundred percent of of hands here. Like maybe he's even raising seven deuce off parade just because he's just trying to push everyone around. The money jumps are big and stuff. It's not unreasonable. Um. But even if we were going to throw that out, he still has almost all the tens, if not all the tens. So, um, no, there's no obvious combinatorial reason. I think it, I think the reasoning is more like it's really hard to connect with this board, no matter who you are. Um, so, like while while our opponent can have a ten, for sure, I guess a four or a diamond draw, our opponent also can have all the other hands and would be c betting all of them. We'd so, expect that. So it looks to me like David Yan is just trying to charge himself the minimum to make an obvious play that's just going to work even if the story's not ideal. I think that's exactly right. I think it's just like a printing money play because honestly, if you min-raise here as the big stack, like mostly you're just going to insta-fall if you get min-raise, right? You're just yeah. like, okay, like I'm not going to fight this. Why, why would I? I don't need to play a big pot here out of position against a good player when I have nothing. Right. And they sometimes have something. Sometimes they don't. But like, why do you have to make a play here? There's just no reason. You'd rather make a play when you have the diamond draw. Or, right. You know, and you hold on with the pair and stuff like that. This, so, so like you're just this is going to work a lot if we believe the big stack is opening some insanely high percentage preflop and is c betting 100 percent of those. That said, does this seem like a likely play if you're the big stack from a ten from your opponent? Do you expect your opponent to min raise a ten that often? Nope, very rarely. Unless there's a crazy dynamic, you'd expect when the, our opponent's this short, they're almost always just going to flat a ten. Yeah, and look to get in on the river mostly, right? Yeah. I guess if a diamond comes on the turn, they may shove the turn just to protect a little bit so they don't have to like put in half their stack and fold the river. Um, but like pretty much they're just always calling. Maybe an ace comes, but probably even an ace on the turn, they're just going to call, right? I assume David Yan is probably good enough that he will min raise a ten at least some of the time yes. in order to balance this. But I would think so. If, if I were sitting against an anonymous opponent and I was the big stack in the small blind, I would, be, I would just not be believing this story at all. I would I would right. be thinking like you have like if it's a really bad player I'd be like oh you have a four that you're trying to protect I guess I shove or you have a diamond draw and let's see if you want to play for stacks with I'm, that the problem with the diamond draw the min, min raising a diamond draw is problematic yes right? it is because you can get shoved on and then you have to fold or yep. you or you can make a bad call because you're the short stack I guess you, I guess you could have the nut flush draw but you're usually shoving that pre right or even and even a suited king we think that's going to get shoved pre a lot too so you just don't. I don't know if you play a flush draw as a min raise almost ever here. Yeah. Unless you know you're calling, unless you just decide you're calling it off, I guess. But that seems questionable and bad. It does. Maybe maybe the math barely supports it, but I would guess it does. It's probably close, but that's not really a thing we need to bear out. Um, yeah. Point being, without some dynamic or balance that we're unaware of, this feels like a transparent bluffy play from David Yan. Yeah, it feels like I would be sitting there like, come on, like, really? Come on. But I think to David Yan's credit, if I was sitting there with Queen Six, I'd still be like, is it fucking worth it? Exactly. Like, fine. You know, go ahead. Like, it's not a big deal. The pot's small to me. There are going to be a million more opportunities to fucking steal 
against this guy, right? Like he's mostly going to go at, get out of my way. He's allowed to put up a little resistance and he can be bluffing sometimes. Even if I'm getting bluffed, it's fine, right? Like who cares? I put in fucking five blinds. Who cares? Well, what if God cares? Because what if God's like, you know what? I don't think so, David Yon. Yeah. And calls. See, that's doesn't weird. Doesn't shove or three bet smaller. What if God calls the raise with queen six off no diamonds? Yeah. Uh, explain it to me. Nope. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, uh, tell me what's going on. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that, Grant. Oh, okay. Um, there's no obvious explanation here with the stack sizes being what they are, right? I mean, what is the... if? Okay, by calling... What is the pot size now? I mean, it's it's like almost twenty million, right? And Miss Oracle has just a little bit more than a pot left. Yeah. So like if we don't if we just call, we have to basically shove the turn ourselves, right? I guess we can check fold the turn, but why would we check fold if we're gonna call here? I guess we could call here to see if if he gives up on the turn. And if he gives up on the turn, then we steal it on the river. Right, because if he has a four, he's just going to check back the turn now that we call the raise. I have to believe. I mean, I don't think David Yon's going to min raise a four on the flop. I don't either. He's basically repping only a ten. This is part of the. This is why it is such a bad story, right? Yeah. Um, so we hope that he's going to shut it down. So we're going to check fold if he actually bets, and if it goes check jack, we're just going to steal on the river and assume it's always going to work. You know, that's interesting to think that way because if you're David Yon, you're playing against a high level player. I assume what if God is a high level player? Sure. Um, you're probably assuming that a lot of the calls that what if God has are not necessarily tens, but they're too high in what if God's distribution to justify folding in the future. Yeah. So as Jan, you might shut it down unless you have a 10. And so maybe you can get that type of information if you're what if God. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're Jan and if you're what if God, you have two sevens. Yeah. You're betting this flop. You're getting raised. You're calling. Yeah. With the intention of calling down. Unless right. maybe a diamond comes. Right. A diamond could come. That would be bad. I guess if a four came and he bet again, it would be a weird spot. Even though you assume he's not min-raising a four, it's still kind of a weird spot. Yeah. We probably have to call, but we don't... It's not a guarantee. We have to figure that one out. But... And I guess we have, we have some big aces that we're calling with also and some diamond draws. Oh, no, we're probably just going to shove the diamond draws on the flop mostly. We're not going to check call and then check the turn with a pot back. No. Effective. Um so, yeah, so I think he's got, like, we're going to fold out some stuff on the turn if we're David Yon, but are we going to fold out enough that it's worth doing with our stack being what it is, right? We're not supposed to. We're supposed to fold out, like, 30% of his, of his range on the turn. That's probably not worth taking a shot at when we only have, like, 15 blinds left. Yeah. So maybe that's what What If God's thinking is. Like, yeah. I'm going to get perfect information, and if Yon doesn't bet the turn, I can bet the river with impunity. That sounds good. You could even just move him in because he's basically got a pot left. So you can, you can basically say, like, even if you have something, you're gonna, you can't make a hero call here, buddy. Like, I'm just going to pretend I have trip tens and played it this way, which isn't crazy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. What is crazy is nitrogen sports poker, Jonathan. <laughs> it's crazy because it just keeps giving the money away to the people. It's downright psychotic. And Grant. you are the people. You are defined as the people in this scenario. That's a good deal for you, gentle listener. And also not so gentle listener. If, you, if we have some violent listeners, we still want you to use the link in the description, even if you're violent. I mean... We prefer but, you to be gentle, but what but, am I going to do? Tell you how to live? <laughs> That's not my job. <laughs> Apparently not. No. I'm going to tell you kind of how to play poker online. Like the way that you should do it is to use the link in the description and play on nitrogen sports poker. What's the reason, Jonathan? Why should violent and gentle people and offenders of all types do this? Um, 
Yeah, uh, because uh, they should do it because there's a great tournament at the end of every month. I don't know. I'm really kind of concerned about where we're going with this one. Uh, I don't think they're going to make a, a cool video ad out of this one when we're encouraging violent people to. Uh, I'm just saying to play on the site. I don't. I'm not saying that we should stop them. That's all. right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's fine, right? Everyone has to live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here's the good things anyway. Uh, you might not be playing against someone who could kill you. <laughs> um, that's nice, right? <laughs> um, there is a, I love that you might not be. <laughs> that's number one. That's the biggest thing, is it? Not always. Yeah. Some of the general people will be playing against yeah. you as well. Also on Nitrogen Sports Poker is our monthly poker tournament grant, which has a lot of bennies, as they like yeah. to say. And that ain't freaking breakfast time. That's uh, that's lunch and dinner time. Yeah, <laughs> as my grandma used yeah. to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're saying <laughs> is, uh, you know, there's there's money. You play a tournament. They put in all this extra free money because it's a thousand buy-ins guaranteed grant. You thought I wasn't going to make it, but I made You're it. You're making it. I got this train back on the rails. Thousand buy-ins guaranteed. They cap the player pool at three hundred, meaning there is at least seven hundred buy-ins in that prize pool every single time, usually more uh, extra buy-ins just shoved in there because we usually get like 200 players. Mm-hmm. Uh, it costs like less than $2 to play as of right now. The price of Bitcoin by the time you're hearing this may be over 20000 though. Hard to know. Hard to know. Maybe might be it'll be under 1000 yeah, Well, probably not that, but it might, no. be, might be closer to 10000 too. We just don't know yet, but whatever. It costs around 2 bucks to play, maybe $1.50 and... Uh, they're guaranteeing almost 2000 in that prize pool. It's amazing. Use the link in the description of this podcast. When you sign up for Nitrogen, otherwise you cannot play. Good job. Thanks. Of all the things that have come up on this podcast and all the things that you've said that I've had to cut the podcast for, me just referencing violent <laughs> people as kind of like a general thing, yeah. like that, that's what threw you off. Yep. That's strange. Seemed a little it weird. It doesn't really work for me. How, it seemed like, a little how? weird. It seemed questionable. Why? Explain your thinking. Break it down. I, there's, like, there's like so many things I want to say that I know we're just going to have to like cut out of the okay, podcast. Okay, so don't say, say that. Don't like, say I'm that. so aware of all these things that I really can't say that you're just you're like, stop. Okay, well, obviously we can't go with that, which is something that happens these days like once every year and a half on this show. Yeah, yeah, it's not so bad. Um, but this is ripe for that. This is like a minefield for me if I'm trying to answer <laughs> so this is question. So that, is that why you were struggling? Because you're trying not to enter the minefield? <sighs> that was a big part of it. Okay. Yeah. I see. I continue to struggle even now with even talking more about this without just getting in trouble. <laughs> All right, let's keep you out of trouble and okay. move on with the hand then. Okay. All right, so we've got 20 million in the pot now. Uh, we've got the 10, 10, 4 two diamond board we've got what if god as the original opener with queen six off no diamonds having bet called the flop against miss oracle who raised the flop with queen eight of hearts the world is upside down antarctica is on top right now the turn it, and it, by the way that's subjective it could be <laughs> it depends on how you think about it <laughs> space is just a giant vacuum like right. why is there one top and one bottom it's because of you know how who would the winners of history were we're gonna get into that later on the podcast <laughs> anyway <laughs> the turn is the king of hearts yeah you prepared to continue you are you're really frisky today aren't you i love it i love it it's great it's yeah you know sometimes it get a little frisky the turn's the king of hearts so what if god's checking sure i guess you could just shove but that seems like a weird play. I mean, 
there's a pot left. What are we? I got, oh, right. We're checking to see yeah. if Miss Oracle checks back. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Miss Oracle does not check back. Right. Miss Oracle bets a quarter pot, 5.1 million. I mean, what an interesting bet size choice here. Yeah. What's, is it just like trying to say, please stick around with your sevens type of bet? Please stick around with your ace high? Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's, it's trying to bluff as cheaply as possible, clearly, right? That's what David Yon is trying. He's like trying to actually preserve his stack and, and also bluff at the same time, but it's getting, it's getting difficult. Um, what is he repping here? I Still guess just he's, a 10. he's repping, yeah, like a no fear 10 yeah. spot, right? Would he really play a 10 like this? Maybe. Maybe he's trying to keep like pocket sixes around and he's afraid if he shoves, they may find a fold. I don't think they would find a fold. If they, you know, like you're going to have to call with all those hands, right? Yeah. So why not just shove it then? I don't know if you have to call if they shove. I could easily see somebody just clicking the fold button on sixes. Yeah. But are they supposed to? I think it's close. I think they're probably supposed to call. Because the diamonds missed? Yeah. But again, would someone really play diamonds like this? Unlikely. Possible, I guess. But I mean, unlikely. it's David Yon, so we have to give a little bit yes, of credit here. We do. Because basically you've eliminated everything but bluffs by the way you're talking. I know, which is crazy. You can't do that can't with do a that. good player. I agree completely. No, he's, he must have tens here sometimes, and he must have diamond draws here sometimes to play it like this, right? He must. Yeah. But here's here's a more interesting thing than the bet size. Okay. It's that what if God calls? Who does he call? Ghostbusters. Because that's the only way he could call anything in this is to pick up a freaking telephone. Yeah, and he's going to call collect, too, because he's cheap. Cheap, cheap son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like a 90s joke. But, okay, so what? So I, I have a question for yes, you about this please. play. What if God? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to change the name of what if God to what the fuck God. Like, yeah. this is, Okay. So it's clear what the plan is now, right? The, there's only one plan. What if guy can have, right? Which is to shove the river. It has to be to shove the river. Yeah. To shove any river, I guess, right? Yeah. And pray we don't get called. Yep. We are now repping a 10 pretty hard if we play it like this. Maybe, I will admit. Maybe if a queen comes, we can check and see what happens. Yes, you're right. A queen. A six, I guess we can do the same because a king or a 10 is calling anyway if we shove. So we, we don't need to bluff a six. Uh, but if we don't make a pair... We, I guess we have to shove the river. This is so weird. How much does, does, does Miss Oracle have left, David Yon? It'll be 15 million into 30. Oh my gosh. I mean, why would we do that instead of just, if, we th- if we're going to make that play, why not just check shove? For the diamonds to miss so we don't get called? Like in case maybe David Yon is going to bet call off diamonds and we just don't want to deal with that in case those hands are actually ahead of us. How, how could he bet call off diamonds though? He's only getting, he's not going to be getting a good enough price, right? It might, have, well, actually it might be, just be like a decision that the Yon made. You yeah. Know? It's also three to one. Yeah. Maybe he picks up like a combo draw on the turn. Maybe he has like Jack nine of diamonds or something. I think in order to be unexploitable in these fields, maybe you have to bet call off diamonds if you're going to bet this size. Yeah, that's true. Because otherwise you would, you're right. You can't bet, you can't bet full diamonds yeah. here. That seems crazy. So, yeah. so what if God's thought might be, okay, just in case Miss Oracle has diamonds, right. I'm going to call and if diamonds hit, I'm going to give up. And if diamonds miss, I'm going to shove. And that way I can do it perfectly. Right. And against the tens, I'm fucked anyway. I guess. I mean, I don't, I'm not a big fan of this, uh, personally. It seems like dancing between the raindrops a little bit. It does. Yeah, which is 
to be clear, impossible to actually do. Depends on how far apart the raindrops are. Well, I mean, sure. If you're saying there's one raindrop in Canada and another one in Kentucky, you can dance in between them if you're like in, you know, Montana. But if you're, if there is just one rainstorm, good luck, sucker, because it ain't going to happen. Just dashed all my hopes and dreams, but that's fine. Continue. I was it. I'm done. <laughs> I made my point. All right. So do you agree that that must be what if God's intention, shoving on diamonds and giving up on, or shoving on non-diamonds and giving up on diamonds? It seems like that's what if God's intention, but I will say this. On the flop, we said God, what if God's intention was to check, fold the turn if there was a bet, and then make a play on the river if there yep. wasn't. So I would say that I'm not, and you as well, not great at reading what if God's intentions up till now, because yep. this is a really non-standard play to check call here. I agree. With queen six off. With no prospects. No draw, no nothing, out of position, and the stock stack to pot is one to two. And the short stack, who's more likely to call it off, by the way, than yeah. someone else, because there isn't any, there's no ICM implications here. There's no laddering for Yan. I am really surprised he would make this play. This feels just super strange. It certainly does. But I agree. I don't know what else it could be, except diamond misses, we shove. Or we shove everything. Those are the only two options. We can't check the river, right, if we miss. And a brick comes, right? Can't do that. If a brick comes, no, I don't think we can. Yeah. And justify it and go to bed at night and feel okay. I mean, that would just be awful. So far, it feels kind of bad anyway. Yep. This feels real bad. And David Yan, though, must be inside feeling like, no, yeah, this is fuck. Not, like, I... I I, I would stuff. just be done with the hand at yeah. this point. You assume, you assume you're not going to get your opponent. You assume your opponent would not have played diamonds like this. Right. And that means either he's got a 10, he's got a pair he's not folding, or a turn to king. Whatever it is, he's probably holding on now when there's only 15 million left, right? Yep. We should just, not, we should just be giving up here. Seems like it. Turns out he's currently ahead. That eight is playing right now. Yeah, there's a lot of chops, but there's not too many losses, just a six. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. So... Somehow these are the two hands we have heading to the river. Super weird. Got the queen six off for what if God on the 10, 10, four king, two diamond board on that same board. Miss Oracle David Yan has queen eight of hearts. There's been a, a raise on the flop called and then a bet and a call in the turn. Yeah. With these hands. The pot is 30 million. The river is the jack of diamonds. What if God shoves anyway, moves in for 15 million. Of course, David Yan, Miss Oracle immediately folds. What else can you do? You've got queen high. I just have one question. Yeah. What the fuck? What just happened? There's what you need to do is you need to go back to your roots. Okay. Reach into the past. All right. To search for an answer. Yeah. You know, maybe take some peyote because I don't know what the fuck is going on. How could anyone know what the fuck is going on? Okay. We thought the plan, I should say more you than me in this, but partially because I knew it was going to happen. Uh, that on the turn, the plan was to shove all non-diamond rivers. Yeah. But a diamond came and he shoved anyway, right? What yep. if God shoved anyway? So does that mean the plan was to shove all rivers, maybe? I guess. It just... If you're going to shove all rivers, why not just shove the turn then? Like, I feel like I've been doing mental jujitsu to get us here in a way that makes sense. Like, me, Grant, yeah. as, as the analyst here, uh, to, like, justify what if God's plays a yeah. little bit. To say, like, okay... When calling the flop, the plan must be this. Oh, I guess that didn't happen. So now, because I, they check called the turn. So I guess now the plan must be this. Right. And that's no longer the plan. So I don't see any further path. We've reached the end of the maze and there's no exit. 
right? There's not actually an exit to this maze because there's a shove on a diamond. Is there any card that's not a shove? Maybe a 10? I don't know. Like what? I think they're all shoves probably. But, but why? <laughs> I, I, it's incredibly hard to think of a reason why we would shove now and not just check shove the turn then, right? Yeah. I don't get that at all. Like maybe we were going to shove if a diamond missed, and that was the plan that like you're saying. So at least we get the flush draws to fold. But the flush draws all have to call now. They yeah, made a they flush. Made a flush. <laughs> the tens aren't folding anyway. Maybe a king folds, but do we really think like... What percentage of a king is, yeah. is Miss Oracle's range? Didn't shove pre-flop, raise the flop. Like that's not a big part of the range anyway. Not a big part at all. Like actually a king is often checking back the turn, right? Yeah. Because it thinks like, how do I get value? And I'm afraid, by the way, that you have a 10. And I'm probably going to call it off anyway, but whatever. Um, A king unlikely to bet three blinds on the turn. Man, this is so weird. It just feels bad. It just feels like a bad play. This whole hand feels like something that... If you told me instead of this is the EPT main event final table and that was David Yan and uh, what if God, who, by the way, ends up winning this event for a million dollars. Yeah. David Yan finishes third. Um, if you told me, if you just showed me the action and said, guess what the buy-in to this event was? Instead of saying $5,200, I might say $1.50. Yeah. You know, I might say 75 cents. I might say, is it a play money? Is it just a play money tournament? Because this seems so outlandish. And yet for these, these very successful players, I'm assuming what if God is very successful because they just won a million dollars and beat a tough field. Um, and chose to even enter this says something honestly too, uh, are making these plays. Is it just that we happen to hit the weirdest parts of the balance? It's possible. It's also possible that David Yan has some sort of tell with this line yeah. that what if God has picked up on, like maybe there's a line tell that we're unaware of. You wouldn't expect a player as good as David Yan to have that where, like we were talking about earlier, like you can't just give all bluffs, even though that makes the most sense because it's a good player. You have to give credit where credit is due. I mean, look, Jan doesn't actually have to have a tell with this line. All it takes is for what if got to believe he has a, as a tell, yeah. right? Because then he's going to, then every time Jan is bluffing, it's going to work. But I, I imagine what if God knows who David Jan is and would have, yes. make the same assumptions that we do, that like yes. there's going to be an element of balance here, even though the most obvious line is, the most obvious explanation of this line is a bluff. You expect David Jan to be mitigating that. I mean, when, when Jan bets $5.2 million on the turn, it doesn't feel very bluffy. It does not. So, I mean, that is some hardcore stuff. You have to really have seen him do this with the bluff sometimes, this type of line. Maybe he's been short-stacked for a long time, and you've seen him make all these bets on the turn like this, just be super aggressive on flops. Even so, why, not, why aren't we raising ourselves rather than giving him a... Like, to check the turn when he can just shove on us seems so weird. And then to check call the turn even... To set up what is a shove into uh, just a pray and shove, it feels like. It just feels anti a lot of like what we're at least trying to do with, in poker, which is like reason stuff out, be calculating. This feels like the opposite. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong about all this, but sure. it feels like that, you know, watching these lines, especially, especially what if God's line. Yeah. I, I don't like either line. I, I feel like I can justify Jan's line a little bit more. I don't understand. A little like, bit more. If, if it was a jack of hearts, I could, I could justify what if God's line. Yes. I, I would definitely be assuming that on diamonds, what if God was check folding? I would be assuming that I would be wrong. Exactly. But, that's the thing. And that's what makes it so weird is like, we would, we'd, I'm sure we'd both be 100% certain he's got to be check folding diamonds. Yeah. And thus he's shoving non-diamonds and so be it. Um, what, is, what if God is hoping to fold out what here, by the way? 
uh, bluff that is slightly better than Queen 80s because he's deciding not ace, to call off with ace Queen high? 6. Ace high, which didn't shove pre? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, I think actually we may have a check call if we want to play it this way. Do we think we can actually get when the diamond comes? Maybe, maybe what if God goes from I can fold out uh, when diamonds miss, you're going to shove because you can fold the diamond draws. Although diamond draws were beating anyway, aren't we? Mostly. Queen, queen six here actually is showdownable against all the crap that isn't calling. Except this hand, which is chopping with. But besides queen highs, it's completely showdownable. I'm just realizing this. Yeah. So that makes me hate all these plays way more to play this as a bluff when we can beat all the air and, and all the non-air should not be folding when the diamond comes on the river. I mean, I can't really argue with you there. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the worst hand that Jan should have for value on the turn? I guess a king. Some king that decided not to shove pre, which is possible. And then make a play on the flop and then turn the king and maybe we can fold out a king sometimes. Can we fold out anything else that's, that's beating us? I don't know. I mean... This is weird. Like, I just spent a little time while you were talking, looking back at the hand to make sure it was the Jack of Diamonds and I hadn't written it wrong because, like, that is a better explanation. I wrote it down wrong than what we actually saw happen. But no, it's the Jack of Diamonds. I got to tell you, I I don't think I can get there with this hand. I don't think it's possible to get there. Maybe, Maybe if we had what if God here, what if God could really explain in detail what the hell was going on and it would make sense. You know, and it would be, I'm assuming it would be a lot of history, um, opponent-dependent stuff like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jan was doing this stuff constantly. He was min-raising flops. He was betting tiny on turns, uh, and he was shoving rivers. And he just was doing his, his frequencies were way, way, way out of kilter, which seems hard to believe. But, yeah. but maybe he was just being exploitative and could get away with it, maybe. Um, or Jan was, was using a short stack to sort of attack other stacks because he could be, you know, he could take more shots and you really saw that or something. I, don't, I still don't think that justifies these plays especially the river play where queen high is either good or should be getting called almost always. Maybe it folds out a king. By the yeah. way, again, a king probably doesn't bet the turn. It probably either shoves the turn or checks the turn. Probably doesn't bet tiny on the turn very often. It's my guess. All right. Here's what I want to do. Go. I want to ask the audience. I want the audience okay. to give us an explanation. When you do, please reference what hand we're talking about because we were recording this a couple weeks before it's coming out. So yeah. it's going to be hard for us to sift through and know exactly what you're talking about. So say... I'm referring to the what if God hand or whatever. And, and if you have a good reason for why what if God took this line, I would love to hear it because I genuinely don't have any. doesn't seem like Jonathan has any either. I actually got less. I, fe- I felt less good about what if God's line the more we talked about it. I didn't feel great about it ahead of time, but I was like, maybe there's some. Exp- I saw it the hand once. And I was like, there's probably something cool that makes sense about this. I sort of assumed, you know. I didn't think too much about it, except, wow, that's some whack stuff that just happened. It's, I know it's a little bit crazy. And as we go into it, yeah, especially as we get to, like, Queen High is probably good against all the bluffs anyway. It's maybe game theory disaster to shove here. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. How terrible would that be if, if with Queen 6 off, we're game theory disastering it? Although, we, get, we, we fold out a, sh- uh, a chop. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. We could have checked called and seen that we had a chop, and that would have been... Not as good as winning the pot. But it probably would have been a better played hand. Yeah. If we're check calling the turn to check call the river and chop it. I guess you're right. I mean, probably a better played hand would have been to fold on the flop. Yeah. Or fold on the turn. Yeah. 
Or not shove the river. Yeah. Just any not shoving the river would be good. Yeah. So I, th- I think Yan played this hand better than what if God. I'm still surprised about Yan's sizing on the turn, but I will admit it does look super strong. It does. He's wacky polarized here. He's so polarized that, again, I don't know why you'd ever shove the river now that we're really talking about it. Yeah. As what if God. I don't know if we're going to solve this one nope. in the next half a minute. It's probably not solvable, is my guess. Ooh, that was a shot. That's I just exciting. took a shot. It's maybe, I mean, maybe it's just a bad play. Yeah, I would sing that song, but I can't think of a clever thing to put into it instead of was one of us about this hand. So I'm not going to do it. You know? What if God <laughs> checked back the river? <laughs> you can't check it back there. No. out of position. Yeah, see, I told you, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> cool, then we're done. Good. And all I need is one mic And I can show every single MC how it's done right Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not We got one life And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne And gonna be traveling the globe We still have time to make it home